Well, good morning. <laughs> it's good to see all of you out this morning. We're glad you're here with us. It's good to be able to be before you today. Uh, before I get into the sermon, something I thought I, I would mention. A couple of weeks ago, I talked to the elders about uh, putting out, we have a suggestion box. We've had it for a number of years. And um, Kirk worked on the lot, got it off for us, and cleaned it out. So we're able to use it. Um, but I've got it sitting over here in the library. And I've got a note on it. It's going to be for sermon suggestions and Bible questions. And something that I want to offer for our members here, I want to give you a chance to uh, offer any ideas that you have. If you have a sermon topic that you would like to hear discussed or something, we can, can bring that into it. And as far as questions are concerned, if you have just a random question that you might want to ask uh, about the Bible, about something in the Bible, uh, you can write those down and put them over there. You can also send them by email or text or just let me know that you want me to speak on it. And I'd be glad to do that for you. Um, and it may be that I have just a lesson devoted to questions. So um, anyway, that's something that is available to you. So uh, if you have anything that you want to submit, just write it down, stick it in the box, and I'll get to those as I can. Our lesson for this morning is on Christian service. And I have it subtitled, More Than Going to Church. There are a lot of people that believe that just by going to church services that they're right with God. And we're going to explore that idea a little more in depth today. There are those who attend services on Sunday. There are those that are going to gather today. And they're going to leave the church service that they're attending, wherever that might be, and they'll return to a regular life on Monday or even today, maybe this afternoon. Maybe they'll just go back to living the way they normally do and they think nothing is wrong with their lives. Some, though, exhibiting good behavior through the week, give no additional thought to God's Word, to prayer, or to winning souls to Him. And... I want to ask the question. I want to pose this question to you. Is God pleased with the average Christian, if you will? Or does He desire more from us than what we have been giving Him? As we prepare to send our children back to school, do we expect the very best in their grades and academic achievement? And, you know, think about it. Whenever you have kids in school, and I, I don't know this from experience except that I've been on the end of going to school, I've known what my parents have expected of me when I go to school. They expect our very best. And whenever that first report card comes in and it exhibits something less, aren't they just a little bit disappointed? Now I want you to think of that in terms of Christian service. We are God's children. And God is sending us into the world and, and we are tested with temptations and things of that nature. We are tested by God. And as we're living this life 
why would we think that God would expect any less of us than our very best in Christian service? You know, some people are content to live the life of an average Christian. And that does include going to church on Sunday. But there's a little more to their life, at least in regard to God's service, than that. We're going to begin a series today. And I've entitled this series, The Pursuit of Christian Excellence. And it's meant to encourage us to be more than the average Christian. And to really offer our very best in service to God. We're going to begin today with Christian service. Lord willing, next week I, I plan to explore faith. And how it's more than just belief. And then we'll follow that with lessons on keeping the commandments and Bible study. And how those things are important to us and to our pursuit of Christian excellence. But I want us to understand that God wants more from us than just being average. And being an average Christian is not going to get us where we want to be in relationship to God. Our lesson objectives for this morning are to recognize the importance of daily service to God rather than offering Him only one day a week. And to encourage the average Christian to strive harder, to do better, and to accomplish more for God. That's what I want of us. That's what I want to see in this congregation. We're going to begin our lesson today on, on Christian service with the necessity of attendance. Whenever we look at service, we, we have talked about how there are so many people that look at attending services on Sunday as being the only thing that they have to do. And it is a necessary thing. But let's look at the necessity of attendance. And I already apologized to Cindy. I told her that it wasn't, this was not about her missing last Wednesday. We understood that. But anyway, let's look at the letter to the Hebrews. Turn with me to Hebrews chapter 10. Let's begin with verse 23. Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 23. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another, and so much more as you see the day approaching. The Jews, the Hebrews, were in danger of judgment for lack of faithfulness to God. And the writer of Hebrews reminds them of the things that they should be doing for one another that could only be done through the regular assemblies of the saints. First of all, they were to hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. They were to consider one another and stir up love and good works. Now in order to accomplish these necessary goals, 
They were told not to forsake, not to neglect, not to abandon the assemblies of the saints. Missing these important opportunities to encourage and to build up the body of Christ would be selfish, to say the least. Now, a question that is often raised regarding the assembling of the saints is this. How many times are we biblically mandated to attend? You know, does this scripture say that we have to attend on Sunday night and Wednesday night? Do we have to attend other services of the church? And that's often how this verse is used. When we look at Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 25, it's often used to, to lead us in the direction of the, we do need to be here on Sunday night and Wednesday night. But that question, how many times are we biblically mandated to attend, is raised. Now, so far as Scripture is concerned, we only read of one weekly assembly. Acts 20 and verse 7. Now on the first day of the week when the disciples came together to break bread, Paul, ready to depart the next day, spoke to them and continued his message until midnight. Now Joe, I could continue my message till midnight. I'm not going to do that. But, <laughs> but they gathered on the first day of the week. They gathered for the purpose of breaking bread and they gathered to hear a message from God's Word. 1 Corinthians chapter 16 and verse 2 says, On the first day of the week, let each one of you lay something aside, storing up as you may prosper, that there be no collections when I come. They were to, when they gathered, give a portion of their means to the service of the church. Now these assemblies were on the first day of the week. And as we look at Scripture, that is the only time, that is the only specific day that we are given in the New Testament to assemble. Assemble for worship service, for, for, to assemble for the Lord's Supper, to assemble for giving, uh, for hearing a message from God's Word. Those are the day, or that is the only day that is specified that they gathered, that they assembled, was on the first day of the week. But we also read in Scripture that the church also used other days to meet for the purpose of helping and encouraging one another. I want you to turn your attention for a moment to Acts chapter 2, verses 46 and 47. So continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. It is good to assemble with one another on other occasions than the first day of the week. For regular meetings, uh, for Wednesday night services, for Bible study and things of that nature, it is good for us to gather at other times in the first day of the week. That would include Sunday night worship and any other time that is purpose. Uh, 
the purpose would, would be served just as well on a, a Tuesday or a Thursday meeting. Uh, there's a congregation that um, I heard about that they had done that. They had decided to do a, a certain study on a topic that they wanted other people from other congregations to be involved in. So instead of having Wednesday night Bible study, they had a Thursday night Bible study. And so members of other congregations were able to participate in that study. And it worked so well that I believe that they kept that Thursday meeting instead of meeting on Wednesday. There's nothing wrong with that. Uh, when we have our classes in the school of preaching, we meet on Tuesday nights. And that's a good time for us to be together. It's something that I enjoy. And there are other times that, that might be specified, but it is good for us to be together on days other than the first day of the week. And it's an acceptable practice as far as the Bible is concerned. When the leadership of a congregation sets a day and time for its members to assemble for the purpose of edification, for worship and or Bible study, etc., the members of the congregation should be willing to support them and be in attendance if possible. Now sometimes there are hindrances to that. But if a congregation, if the leadership of a congregation decides that we need to meet together more often than just Sunday, and the common practice has become Wednesday night Bible study, but whenever the leadership of a congregation says it's necessary, we need to support them in that decision. And we need to be in attendance, if at all possible. We should be willing to sacrifice other opportunities for the sake of the brethren of God. For the sake of God Himself. We need to be willing to sacrifice certain things such as sporting events and sometimes opportunities for employment need to be overlooked because they do not support being with the saints on a regular basis. I had a friend of mine, he was an elder in the church for a long time, and I remember him telling me about a job that he once had, and it was a job that I think he had had for a while, and it came up, his boss told him, I need you to work on a Sunday morning. Can't do it, sorry, I guess you got Sunday morning worship. Well, if you don't come, if you're not here at work, I'm going to have to fire you. Okay, but I'm going to be at Sunday morning worship. And they let it go at that. And he went back to work and eventually the boss came back to him and said, You know what? I'm going to give you a chance to, to go to services. If you'll come into work at such and such a time, we'll let you leave for services. And then you can come back to work. And he did that. And he kept his job. But sometimes we need to be willing to sacrifice things such as employment if it keeps us from regularly attending the services of the church. Have you ever known a strong Christian that regularly missed the services of the church? I can't think of a one. Out of all the friends that I've had and, and all of those that, that have gone on before me in some cases, out of all the people that I've considered to be strong Christians, I've never known of one of them to miss the assembly on a regular basis. 
not a one. Why is that? When someone misses a service or two here and there, it can easily become habitual. It can become a habit. We consider all uh, the message, uh, overall the message that it is sending to other people, to our fellow Christians, and to even those who are not members of the church a lot. Whenever we gather on a regular basis to assemble with the saints, we are sending a message. For members, and especially young Christians and children, it's a message that says that if so-and-so misses now and then, it must be acceptable. So I can do it too. When we miss, we're telling non-members of the church that uh, they're given no reason to change their own life and habits. You see, we set an example for those around us. And if we're missing services, then it, it shows them that it's okay to miss services. But would you consider yourself a strong Christian if you regularly miss the services of the church? Our whole theme, the whole idea of, of not only this lesson, but the lessons that we're going to go through in the next few weeks, is that we should pursue excellence in our Christian service. And attendance is part of that. When it comes to our attendance, we need to pursue excellence in the sight of God. Just as we would, would pursue making good grades to make our parents proud of us, we want to pursue excellence in the sight of God to make Him proud of us. We should consider our example to those around us as well as whether or not we are pleasing God. And if our attendance is not pleasing to God, then maybe something needs to change. Have you ever been in a church building and, and maybe you've seen a sign posted enter to worship leave to serve I have I've been to several church buildings that have had a similar sign posted somewhere I, I've even heard of a congregation that, that had in their parking lot a sign at every exit of the parking lot that said entering the mission field or something to that effect so as we look at that, that slogan, that enter to worship, leave to serve. Leaving to serve. I want us to focus on that. Christian service is not only what happens inside of the walls of the church building, but it's more about what happens outside of them. Have you ever thought about that? You know, what we do inside these walls, we worship God, we sing praises to Him, we pray together, uh, we partake of the Lord's Supper together. We worship Him, and that's good for us to do. It's good for us to be here to do those things, but we also have to keep in mind what we do when we go out those doors. What kind of Christian are you when you leave the assembly of the saints? You know, we talked about in our lesson this morning, in our Bible class lesson, uh, how people recognize us in the world. Do they recognize us as Christians? Or do they recognize us as one of them? 
Or are we the same person on Monday that we were on Sunday? Or, or do you strive just a little bit harder to, to hold your tongue and, and to not say a, a bad word or something like that on Sunday, but, but you don't strive as hard on Monday? You know, what kind of person are you? Are we still Christ-like in attitude and behavior in the workplace and recreation and time with friends and family? Are you still the same person wherever you go? Or do you have two faces? Do those outside of the church know us as Christians? Or again, do they know us to be just like one of them? Serving God. Whenever we leave to serve, we should think about serving God. The greatest command that is given in Mark 12 and verse 30 says this, And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. This is the first commandment. Do we love God with all of our being as we should? Or do we offer Him only half-hearted service? Notice that word, all. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. It doesn't say some. It doesn't say a little bit. It says all. Now, some people interpret that to be love the Lord your God with some of your heart, with some of your soul some of your mind, and some of your strength. They, they believe that, that loving God is, is about giving Him some time during the week, or maybe during Sunday or, or whatever, but, but when they go out into the world, they've already given their sum and they're done. That's not what God's Word says. Love Him with all of your being. Our service is often devoted to our own interests or even others before it is offered to God, though He is the most important of all. How are we to serve God? We serve Him in growth as Christians. He wants us to grow. First of all, in knowledge of the Scriptures through study and learning. 1 Peter 2 and verses 1 through 3, Therefore laying aside all malice, all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and all evil speaking as newborn babes, desire the pure milk of the Word. Why? That you may grow thereby. If indeed you have tasted that the Lord is gracious. Ephesians 4 verses 14 and 15 that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men and the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting, but speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into Him who is the head, Christ. Another reason for knowledge and understanding of God's Word is so that we're not led about by everything that comes up. That we understand the difference between truth and counterfeit. Uh, one of my favorite illustrations Kirk brought out in one of his classes a while back about how you know the difference between a counterfeit bill and a real one. 
you know the real one. You know what it's supposed to look like. And when you look at the counterfeit, you can tell it's different. You can tell it's a fake. Same way with the Word of God. When we know God's Word, then we know the difference between truth and counterfeit. 2 Peter 3 and verse 18, But grow in grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We are to grow. Knowledge of God's Word means that we should also put it into practice. When we grow, when we have that understanding, we also put into practice what we have learned. There are certain characteristics that should be found in every Christian. Let's notice what it says in 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 5 through 9. But also for this very reason, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue. To virtue, knowledge. To knowledge, self-control. To self-control, perseverance. To perseverance, godliness. We are to keep adding these things. Verse 7, to godliness, brother, bro, brotherly kindness. And to brotherly kindness, love. For if these things are yours and abound, you will be neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For he who lacks these things is short-sighted even to blindness and has forgotten that he was cleansed from his old sins. Galatians 5 verses 22 through 26. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. And those who are Christ's have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Everything that, that we would be longing for in this fleshly body, we have put to death those things. All those passions, all those desires, we've put them to death. In verse 25, if we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. There are certain things that we are to add to our life so that we can be of Christian excellence in God's sight. Christians are to bear fruit for God. John 15 verses 5 through 8 Jesus says, I am the vine. You are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered. And they gather them and throw them into the fire and they are burned. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. By this, my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit. So, you will be my disciples. Bearing fruit means maintaining the fruitful characteristics, and more importantly, bringing the lost to Christ. As being fruitful is required of every branch of every tree in order that it may remain attached to the tree so is fruitfulness in the life of a Christian if we are to remain one of God's children 
We must be ready to stand for God. 2 Corinthians chapter 10 verses 3 through 6 For though we walk in the flesh we do not war according to the flesh for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ and being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. The only way to wage war against sin is to bring all consciousness into subjection to the will of God. All of our being should be against any and all temptations that we may face, never giving place to the devil. Finally, in serving others, we need to consider how we serve God, but we also need to consider how we serve others when we leave the worship assembly. Mark 12, 31, and the second like it is this, You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. Christians are to grow in their work of ministry. Ephesians 4, verses 11 and 12 and he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. Why? For the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry. For the edifying of the body of Christ. So not only are we to grow in our service to God, we're also to grow in our service of others. And understand the purpose of serving others. We are given different abilities that are to be used for the edification of the body of Christ. 1 Peter 4 and verse 10 As each one has received a gift, minister it to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. We are constantly taught that we are to be servants of others as Christ also came to serve others. His very reason for existence on earth was a service to mankind. Philippians 2 verses 5 through 8 Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus who being in the form of God did not consider it robbery to be equal with God but made himself of no reputation taking the form of a bond servant and coming in the likeness of men and being found in appearance as a man he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death even the death of the cross you see, Jesus humbled Himself. He humbled Himself to come to the lowliest of the Jews to bring them to repentance. He was also often criticized for going to the lowliest people. But He had reason behind it. It was a service to mankind. Matthew 9, 12 and 13, Those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick... But go and learn what this means. I desire mercy and not sacrifice. For I did not come to call the righteous but sinners to repentance. We are taught by Jesus the greatest of the commands. Love God. Love your neighbor as yourself. 
And as we look at Jesus' life, we understand that He was the epitome of loving neighbor as self. Placing humanity's salvation above His own life. By giving His life for ours, He exhibited the greatest love known to mankind. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love is no man than this, and to lay down one's life for his friends. You are my friends if you do whatever I command you. John 15, verses 12 through 14. Christians are to understand the greatness of humility and servitude and love for one another. The greatest love was given to us in the sending of God's Son as a sacrifice for our sin. And we share this love with the world in our actions and efforts to bring the lost to Christ. As we bring these thoughts to a close, we must understand that Christian service is more than just going to church. Our goals for the assembly to bring glory and honor to God and to edify our brethren in Christ should be the same whether we are assembled together within the church building or whether we are in the world. We should always bring glory and honor to God and seek to build up the brethren. As we are serving God by assembling together for services, so we should be serving Him in our lives outside of the church. There should be no difference in who we are from Sunday morning to Sunday afternoon to Sunday evening to Monday morning to Monday afternoon and so forth. We should be the same every day of the week. Can one truly be pleasing to God by merely assembling with the saints every Lord's Day? Or, or might we be deceived into believing that we are serving God the way that He wants when we're really not. I want to close with Matthew chapter 7 verses 21 through 23. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name? cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name. And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. There are many people that will face judgment thinking that they're in the right. And to their surprise, they'll find out that they're not. Remember that God knows the intentions of your heart and He knows whether or not you desire to please Him. He knows your reason for assembling. He knows your, your thoughts as you go into the week and as you go into your everyday life. He knows your thoughts. He knows your plans. Do you love God with all of your being? 
Are you serving God with all of your being? Are you settling for being the average Christian when you could do more? You need to be pursuing excellence in your Christian life. Are you a Christian? Have you obeyed the gospel? Do you need to come and, and be baptized for the remission of your sin? If so, we'd be glad to help you. Are you living a faithful life or do you need to return to serving Him the way that you should? Maybe you, you have in the past, but maybe you realize that your life is different now. And there are some things that you want to make right before it's too late. If you're in need of responding to the gospel for any reason, if there's any way that we as your brothers and sisters in Christ can help you, we offer you the opportunity as together we stand and as we sing.